Okay. Good morning, everyone, listeners around the world. Welcome to Pushing Rubber Podcast 105, your host, Adam Piggott. Uh, it's a lovely, rainy, cold day here in Holland. I'm quite happy about this. I'm quite happy because today is King's Day, and King's Day is a, uh, a big celebratory day in Holland, the biggest one of the year probably. They celebrate their royal family. It's very good. They go out in the street. They drink lots of beer. They don't fight. They all stay very civilised because they have a civilised nation of civilised people. The Dutch, of course, that is, the native Dutch. And uh, they all get on very well with each other. So why am I happy that it's a cold, rainy day? Well, last weekend was Easter weekend, and it was beautiful, warm and sunny weather the whole weekend here in Holland. And the studio short-term lease apartment that I'm currently in has a little terrace bar right outside my window. And when I say window, I mean like my the whole front of this studio apartment with a sliding glass door. Uh, the door doesn't open onto the bar. The, the terrace is about halfway across, and then the sliding door opens on the other half. But it basically meant that last weekend, for the whole weekend, from 11 o'clock in the morning till 10 o'clock at night, the, the terrace was full outside here with people enjoying themselves. This is perfectly fine, but it didn't make for a fantastic experience for yours truly. Uh, but... With this weekend, of course, no one's going to be sitting out on the terrace, so I can relax for the last two days in this place here because Monday morning I'm off back to the USSR, no, back to the USA for two months for work. So, and this will be a lot, a lot more relaxed this trip than the first one, which was extremely difficult. Um, so I hope to catch up with a few people while I'm over there. Um, Going to try and catch up with Cappy and the great one. Uh, maybe some of the guys from the Men of the West uh, website. And who knows, maybe some other people as well. Um, so I'm looking quite looking forward to that. Uh, I'm also looking forward to getting out of the studio apartment. I don't know where I'm going to be staying at this point in uh, Louisiana, but we'll sort something out when I get there. That shouldn't be a problem um, because, you know, work's paying for that, not me, so I don't really care. Uh, well, I do care, but uh, I have a budget and I'll stay within the budget. Be easy done. Um, didn't do a podcast last week because of the fact that the terrace is outside. I actually started recording. Uh, I got about five minutes into it and I just realized that this was not going to happen in a million years. Uh, and so, eh can the whole thing and I don't have time to record during the week or I do have time but I don't have the energy but it's Saturday morning I've had my coffee big mug of uh, the mocha off the stove the Italian mocha Um, not like those abomination coffee pods that every man and his dog seems to they really make the worst coffee imaginable those pods and I, I don't care what pod they're from i don't care what machine they're out of they are just truly extraordinarily horrible uh if you've if you've if you've ever had good mocha coffee if i make you a good mocha coffee the mocha is the little the little stove top pot the italian one you can screw together and you what it is is you fill up the bottom with water to a certain point and then you put the little doodad on top and into that you put the coffee and then you put it on the, and then you screw the top on and then you put it on the stove and it, it, it bubbles away. The water boils, gets sucked up through 
uh, the coffee into the top component and you get beautiful coffee. Um, I use Illy coffee, uh, ground coffee, just wonderful because it's vacuum sealed. Um, and just a dash of milk I like in my coffee, a little tiny bit of sugar. And the trick is to put the milk in your cup first and then add the coffee after that um, because there's less uh, milk than there is coffee and the milk is cold and the coffee's hot. So if you add the milk to the hot coffee, which is a much greater volume, the milk burns and can taste a little bit sour or rancid, whereas if you put the milk in the cup first and then add the coffee bit by bit, then uh, with the vo different volumes and temperatures between the two, it doesn't burn. So there you go, a few tricks for that. Uh, and I will be making sure, of course, that this trip to the US, I take my Italian coffee pot with me. Um, that'll be going in my bag. Um, I'll check that one in. My microphone, my Yeti microphone will be coming with me. So I'll be able to record the podcasts over there as well. Um, and I haven't bought a new laptop, but my laptop seems to have recovered after almost failing me when I was there on my last trip. So hopefully it holds up because I don't really feel like spending any money at the moment that I don't... Well, I don't want to spend any money at the moment because of uh, the personal circumstances in which I am or which I find myself. Um, so, yeah, um, I'll be off to the US and uh, I'll continue the normal blogging from over there uh, that you normally get and podcasting hopefully while I'm there as well, unless there's any technical problems. Hopefully there won't be any. So yeah, it's King's Day here. It's atrocious weather. I love it. Um, so I should have a nice relaxing day here. Um, I'm going to go off to the gym this morning, hit that one. Um, that was Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday this week. Then traveling on Monday, so two days off, and hopefully get back to the gym on Tuesday. But we'll just see what the jet lag's like. Uh, I got pretty nasty jet lag last time going to the US, and I got no nothing at all on the way back. On the way back, I was completely fine. Um, so, yeah, we'll just... Uh, and that's, that's weird, because um, normally for me it's the other way around, because going there, you're going with the clock, and coming back, you're coming against the clock, and normally it's against the clock that I have problems, but... I don't know. We'll just see. It's a six or seven hour time zone difference, which is about the same as Australia. Um, so um, uh, we'll just see how that goes. I'm not really sure. Yeah, whatever. Just one of those things you have to put up with. Uh, a lot of listens last week to the, or the week before, to the No Self Pity episode. We've almost hit a thousand listens. I think that's the biggest uh, uh, listen on a on an episode that I've done here. Uh, Aaron Clary linked to hit that for me, or not for me, he decided to link to it, um, which was nice and appreciated. And um, I, uh, I, I saw uh, there was a comment, <coughs> I can't remember if it was on my, my blog or Aaron's blog, about the episode um, saying that there was a lot of lip smacking going on. And actually I have a blue screen, the, the actual proper... Um, filter for the microphone and it had fallen off and I just didn't bother putting it on last time and yeah apparently it does make a difference so I've got it back on now so hopefully all is good in the world of lip smacking I also have some water here Get some of that. Mm -hmm. 
and I and I do uh, I do take that comment pretty seriously because I'm one of these people who can't stand lip smacking myself. I uh, people doing podcasts, you know, um, smoking or something like that. It's just sucking on a cigarette. Yeah, it's it's just I just can't really listen. It's like it's like it's like having to listen to someone eat. Um, I was watching a movie. What was it? Ah, it was uh, it was the six part television series of Smiley's People, the BBC series. I think I linked to it on the Hot Chicks and Links uh, the other week. But there was one episode where uh, Alec Guinness's character George Smiley is with an old spy, fellow spy, and they uh, and they talk over dinner in a Chinese or an Indian restaurant or something in London. And the other character is a bit of a grub and has quite... And in the, and in the book, it does say that they were faithful to the book. Faithful to the book, he eats with his mouth open. But it's one thing to read in a book that someone eats with their mouth open and, you know, you have all of the description of that. And, and it's another thing entirely to put headphones on and uh, listen to someone eating with their mouth open on a proper television BBC production from the early 1980s or late 70s, whenever it was. Um, it's another thing entirely to have to listen to that. Uh, I just can't stand it. I, I really can't. Um, so um, I teach I teach guys, you know, going to go and live and work in offshore oil and gas platforms for the first time. One of the things I, th- one of the things I say to them is, you know, guys, you're, you're going to be there with 130 or 150 other people. You're going to be eating three meals a day together. You're going to be sitting across the table from each other. You're out there for a month. Eat with your mouth shut. Get on with other people. I have heard stories of people offshore being losing their not just not 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 losing their jobs, just not being invited back for another swing <laughs> if they're a contractor, for the simple fact that they that they ate with their mouth open at the at the the dining table in the galley. It's just it's not appreciated. For most people, so the 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 individual who left the comment with my lips smacking on the last episode, I took I took that quite seriously. Hopefully, the filter's back on. Hopefully, this works. If this doesn't work, I don't know what to do. So you'll have to. I'm, I'm sorry about that. You know, you can let me know. Um, you know, my technical abilities on this stuff are adequate to get this to you. That's about it. Okay, so this week, uh, what do I want to talk about? Well, I'm going to post a link. Um, to a article from Slate in their human interest section <laughs> uh, from April of this year. Um, I think someone sent this to me. I can't remember because it was sitting in my draft file um, for my blog on things I might want to... And it just kind of got pushed down. And I went through my draft file... Uh, yesterday was deleting uh, drafts. You know, you know that I've already either published them or I don't need them anymore. And I came across this one, and I thought, oh, that's right. And then I thought, this will be a uh, this will be a, a good one to uh, to do a little podcast about. Uh, and it's called Creep Show, and that's the the, the headline. And uh, the, the subheading is I'm going to read this out to you, and I'll link to this uh, so you can read along if you want. I'm an attractive heterosexual woman who wants no strings attached sex. Where do I find non-creeps for that? <laughs> so it's a, it's a, it's one of those write-in ones where they've asked the question and then and then the 
the the auntie who helps them out, you know, is going to respond to their question and blah, blah, blah. So I'm an attractive heterosexual woman who wants no strings attached sex. So where do I find non-creeps for that? Okay. That's great, isn't it? So basically you want to, um, you want to sleep around with a lot of different men, but uh, the type of men who are prepared to do that with a woman who's prepared to do that um, generally aren't non-creeps for the most part. You know, like attracts like. <laughs> the amount of self-awareness on offer here is uh, is quite uh, amusing. Photo illustration by Slate Stock Photo from Getty Images. We've got uh, an seemingly attractive woman with her jacket halfway down her arms with a big smile on her face, which kind of reminds me of the female version of the Joker. It's cut her off at the nose, just above the nose, so we can't see her eyes. It's quite the most... She can tell that she's attractive, but there's a hell of a jaw there. And she's on a, on a phone, with a big smile on her face, obviously desperate. Uh, this is Slate's sex advice column. Send your questions for Stoya and Rich to howtodoit at slate.com. Dear how to do it, here we go. I'm a single woman in her early 30s. Ba-ball, there we go, you've hit the wall. Oh, that's all we need to know, isn't it? I'm a single woman in her early 30s. I'm attractive and have never had issues attracting a partner. That's great. What about keeping a partner? Because <laughs> that's the real trick, isn't it? That's the real trick. Most of us can attract a partner. How about keeping one? But after a series of disappointing relationships, each around a year, so it took either it took the guys a year to work out that you're a nut job, or you were attractive enough and the sex was enough that they were prepared to put up with you for about a year and then they didn't want to do it anymore. Okay. Um, so that's interesting. Uh, I'm, I'm attracted. After a series of disappointing relationships, it's around a year, I'm just not in a mood to engage emotionally with men right now. There we go. You've given up. You've given up. Uh, trying to have a relationship because you've bombed out and you're no good at it because obviously you're a lunatic. Fantastic. The thing is, I have a high sex drive and I can't fully satisfy myself on my own, though believe me, I try. You could just, you know, you could just become a webcam girl, I suppose. There's plenty, of, uh, there's plenty of women doing that. Oh, and that reminds me, actually. Thank you for that. That reminds me because I just need to quickly open up something else which I'll be referring to today. Yes, there we go. Good, I'll come back to that one. Um, the cliche is, believe me, girl, there's been a lot of cliches up to this point. <laughs> this isn't the first one in, in, the, in, the, in the one, two, three sentences that you've done so far. There's been a lot more than one cliche. But, you know, Keep your self-delusion intact for as long as you can. The cliche is that this should be an easy problem to fix. Plenty of men want to have sex with a woman with no strings, right? Well, of course. Of course they do. That's, that's pretty simple. You'll have loads of beta providers lining up down the street if you're a single woman in her 30s, early 30s, who's attractive and never had any issues attracting a partner and just wants casual sex, you want to find a friends with benefits. But apparently you're having trouble. My God, how can that be? 
I mean, how can that be? Let's just think about this before I go any further on her little, uh, on her little. Uh, maybe I won't link to this. Maybe I'm because if you've already read this, then you'll be thinking, "Oh well, Adam, obviously this is a problem here." And so what I'm saying, no, I'm not going to link to it. Fuck yeah, you're going to have to only listen to this through me right now. Oh, you can look it up though, can't you? Because I've said what the. Well, don't look it up. Don't look it up. So why is it? Because once again, if, 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 if you're a uh, woman in her early 30s who's attractive enough to have multiple sexual partners, then beta providers will literally be lining up around the block. Block. Let's not even talk about, you know, gamma males and all the rest of it. So, I mean, hmm, plenty of men want to have sex with a woman with no strings, right? Well, she goes on. Here are my limitations. In other words... Here are my selection criteria. <laughs> so there's your first stumbling block, girl. You've got selection criteria, and you want to, but you want to have uh, a friends with benefits situation. In the past, when I've had, still reading from her, by the way, in the past, when I've had hookup buddies, I like them, but it never really is just sex. We inevitably get to know each other better, and then I end up getting entangled with him, whether I want to or not. So, she's acknowledging a fundamental truth that, um, and this actually, and I'll give her one small smidgen of credit here. This actually is 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 a tiny point in her favor but everything else has been negative so far and it definitely doesn't outweigh it you want to stay away from this woman like like the plague but this is just one tiny point in her favor is that is that she's not it's she's not the type of person who's able to just have mindless sex with people and then the next day walk away from them and no attachment because in general those people are sociopaths um, I've heard about this sex addict stuff. You know, you're a sex addict, and you have to go and talk in, in you know, twelve step programs like Alcoholics or something like that. And uh, and for me, I think those people are just sociopaths. If you can just you know literally pump and dump people and have uh, on on a regular basis. I mean, we've all we've all we've all we've all been in our twenty early twenties, haven't we? Um, and you could you can you can have, you know sex with a person and then the next day realize oh, I never want to do this again because of that person that doesn't make you a social sociopath but if you um, continually and uh, on a regular basis and methodically uh, churn through sexual partners uh, apart from the, the hygiene issues going on here uh, well there's, there's 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 some mental problems going on up there um, she goes on. I am also not really into sex parties or the poly scene. How, how, I just ask a question. How can you be not really into sex parties? Does it mean that you'll do a once in a while? <laughs> you're, either, you're either not into sex parties or you're willing to do that sort of thing. Myself, I'm not into sex parties. I don't do that sort of thing, which means... I've never done it. But if I say I'm not really into sex parties, it means I've tried it a few times. <laughs> and the poly stuff, uh, the poly scene. Uh, Tim uh, Newman writes a lot about the poly scene. And uh, he, he covers that quite well at his blog, which is linked on my, on my uh, 
on my blog list there. Uh, and I, I read the stuff that he that he posts about the polycene in the sense that he he's not into this polycene. He he takes it apart. He 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 dissects it for the lunacy that it is. Um, and anyone who's not really into the polycene, uh, for me, is just a little bit a little bit suspect. She goes on. For better or worse, I like the intimacy of one-on-one connections, even if all I want is sex right now. So she wants to get intimate one-on-one. She only wants to. She doesn't. She doesn't just want to have sex because before see this. It's all confusing. The point is, she's saying before that she's got a high sex drive, but she can't fully satisfy herself on her own. Though she tries, so she just needs someone else to to, to get her over that edge that little bit more to 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 fill the hole in a metaphorical sense. Okay, so you think she just wants to pump and dump based on that, but then she's saying she actually does enjoy and she needs the intimacy of one-on-one connections. Even if all I want is sex right now, she doesn't just want sex. She wants intimate sex because this is what women do want women who aren't completely broken don't just want sex they want intimate sex in their in their heart's desire even if they have a high sex drive like this woman does so i'm not really sure how to proceed well of course you're not because you're you're monumentally confused i've identified a few bars in my town that are dot 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 good for this sort of thing jesus but that is hit or miss for finding an attractive guy. So we've got our first criteria selection that's popped up. He's got to be attractive. And if you know how women rate attractiveness in men, uh, 80% of women find only 20% of men attractive, whereas 20% of women, men will find about 80% of women attractive. So women's selection criteria for men is, is somewhat... Um, out of space in, retur- in regards to reality. And, and, and plenty of commenters on the internet have written vast tomes and given up graphs in support of this. This is, this is just absolute stock standard knowledge. So she wants, she wants an attractive guy, which means automatically that 80% of men are out of the, out of the equation. And this, this, this and you, if, when you put this together, like dating apps, like Tinder and whatever else they are. What is it? You swipe left or you swipe right? I don't know which one's which. Um, this is even worse because, of course, you know, women are just going on on complete superficiality attractiveness here. Because when she's talking about attractiveness, she's talking about looks. But what makes a man attractive to women is a combination of things. Now, looks definitely factor into it. Um, Chateau Hattiest, Royce had a good uh, little post about this. I think it was yesterday. Let me just see if I can find it here. Because he actually, Royce goes on posting benders. He'll have nothing for three days or four days or even five days. And then suddenly you, you open it up and overnight he's just gone on a bender. Uh, let's have a look here. Um, the blackest of pills. No, no, no. The good, the bad, and the stupidly confident. Um Game, learn charisma, I'm reading from Royce, can improve a lot of men, but only by so much. The non-famous equivalent of Danny DeVito might vault from dating twos to dating threes with the help of game. Not that that's anything to cavalierly dismiss, uh, but there is a dazzling exception. A male 
can overcome his sexual market value handicap with sheer stupid self-confidence. Stupid self-confidence. The average man doesn't have nearly the requisite self-confidence to pick up plain Janes with ease, let alone to pick up hotties with effort. Um, but uh, he goes on to say that chicks do dig narcissistic men. A stupid, confident man can on the approach and during the first minute of interaction cause a girl to, to reset her, male, her mate appraisal mechanism. You can shock a girl into a new frame of perception with supremely stupid self-confidence literally shock and awe her hamster until the wheel spins in the opposite direction. I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. Short, weird-looking men boldly stride into the personal space of hard nines. I watch George Costanza's oblivious to their own ugliness glitter like Casanova's near the Clamberger Gate. All those moments will be etched in mind like Tingle's Untamed. Nice Blade Runner reference there. Um... You can be an alpha persuader or a beta provider or both, a neat trick, but you won't master women until you've first mastered your self-doubt. Where there is no self-doubt, there is a dripping Vaj spout. Summon your inner sociopath and no physical handicap will prevent your destiny with woman. He's right. He's absolutely right. Uh, the most successful man I ever met with women was about five foot four um, and not attractive at the least, and on top of that, was renowned at having a small dick. This is the most successful man with women I've ever known. Let me repeat those 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 qualities that he had. He was five foot four. He was not attractive at all. You give him a five out of ten on a good day, and he had a small dick. A self-acknowledged small dick. And that gives you a hint as to why he was so attractive with women. This guy was an example of what Royce was just talking about. Supreme self-confidence. Supreme. I stood at a bar with this guy in Italy. I stood at a bar with this guy in Italy in Verona on a Friday night, which was packed full of the hottest women that that, that, that town has to offer. And let me tell you something, boys. Verona is a poony paradise. The girls on offer there in Piazza Bra on a Friday night in the bars that line Piazza Bra, going from about five o'clock in the afternoon when the aperitivo hour starts to tick into play and then they're parading around town. Jesus, my God, it is insane. But at the same time, these women are absolutely honed to... Uh, a razor-sharp radar to detect any doubt in the men that's, that are approaching them. These women, you've got to have balls. Anyway, I watched, and this guy said to us, we were standing at the bar with him. On top of all this, he was from New Zealand, so he didn't speak Italian. Didn't speak Italian as well. If you think it's tricky to be self-confident with women... Try it when you don't really speak their language or they don't really speak yours. Your self-confidence has to be... I mean, if all you've got are your words because your physical appearance is somewhat lacking, uh, to put it mildly, and there's a language barrier, you've got to be a centurion to pull this off. So we were talking and, and there was someone else there with us and I knew that this guy was an absolute Casanova king because I'd seen him in action before many times. Um, but there were a few other chaps there that uh, 
that that were let's say they would just assume that he wouldn't that he'd still be a virgin put it that way and so we all got talking and the challenge came up inevitably and those of us who were in on the game were 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 just beside ourselves with glee at this because it was just such an amazing experience the first time to watch this guy pull so the challenge came pick any woman in that bar and he had to he had to have his tongue down her throat within 10 minutes that was the challenge five foot four five out of ten self-acknowledged small dick not that the, the small dick thing would uh, would come into play immediately but i'll get to that so of course the other guys who were there didn't know his history like oh. money was put on the table Bets were made. The female was selected. How hot was she? She was a 10. There was no doubt about it. Not only was she a 10, she was a good foot taller than this guy. She was at least 6'3". Uh, and that wasn't counting the high heels. So just, just have that picture in your mind. And not only with that, but she was standing at the bar with, I think, two or three of her girlfriends who were almost as equally hot, but this one was the star. This one was the stunner. So she was protected by her posse. He walks up. He just starts talking. We can't hear what's saying. We're just observing. In he goes. I think it took him about six or seven minutes. And he had his tongue down his throat at the bar. It was amazing to watch. Every time I saw him do it, it was amazing to watch the, the confidence that this guy had. He had a, uh, he had a fantastic line that uh, is etched on my memory. Um, he told us that at one occasion when uh, he, got, he got a girl into bed, back to the bedroom, and he pulled down his pants and she saw the size, the inadequate size of his dick. She sneered laughed and said who do you hope to satisfy with that and his unflinching self self-confident reply was me fucked up back to the article at hand the thing about dating sites like tinder is that they only go on physical attractiveness and they completely remove that which is a man's best, best help for attracting women. And that is your game. That is your confidence. That is also things like your sense of humor. I was having a discussion with my barber. I got my hair cut on Wednesday. Um, this is going to be a challenge when I go back to the States, of course, because I've got to find a decent barber when I'm over there because I'm over there for longer than a month. <sighs> God, I might even just let it grow out for two months, bugger it. But uh, I... Um, I was having a chat with my barber and we were talking about, you know, uh, what we were talking about, about different things, oh, about women. And he's a, he's a nice guy, he's a young guy. Oh, that's right, he's moving, he's Dutch and he's moving to Norway. And uh, he's, he's, he did an exploratory trip to Norway uh, of a couple of weeks. He just, he knew he'd love the country, but he wanted to make sure before he went over there, he loves the country. He's already teed up job there as a barber because as he said he's got a craft being a barber is a craft believe it or not you can travel with it you rock up show him your portfolio offer to cuff do a couple of cuts right there and then show him what you can do boom you got a job thanks for coming 
and I tell you what, you know, if because uh, you know being a barber has kind of turned into a bit of a hipster thing, you know, if uh, if you're a young man out there and you don't, you know, having a trade is a good idea. Now, a bar being a barber is not a trade; it's a craft, but it's still decent crafts. People still need their hair cut. Not a bad one to travel with, in my opinion. And this guy's proving it. Anyway, he's moving there with his girlfriend. Fair enough. Uh, I asked him while he was cutting my hair what he thought of the physical attractiveness of Norwegian women. And he said his mind was blown at how hot they were. Uh, I warned him that they shit ice bricks. <laughs> that they're very cold. Um, for speaking from experience. Um, but I also said, well, it's a tragic mistake that you're going there with your girlfriend then, isn't it? Ha, ha, ha. We had a laugh about that, though his laugh was a little bit nervous. And then we got talking about how men attract women and sense of humour. Now we got talking about sense of humour, and I said, well, women aren't funny. And he said, what do you mean women aren't funny? And I said, of course, women aren't funny. They're not, you know, they're not funny. They don't have to be funny. And I said to him, look, you know, you're a kind of a, a weird-looking guy. He's not. He's got kind of big buffy hair and stuff like that, or a big buffy beard. I don't know. He's got a big buffy something. Nice guy, though, really nice guy. And uh, and I said, you know, you have a sense of humour. I know you have a sense of humour. I have a sense of humour. We bounce off each other. The reason that we have a sense of humour is that we developed that when we were teenagers, so we could get laid, because there was no way that we were going to get laid based on our physical appearances at that time. And you could see the. Uh, the truth of my words, hammering himself into his brain as he's looking at me with his wide eyes, you know, because he's cutting my hair, I can see it. Um, and then I said, women don't have a sense of humour because it's, it's, not, it's not something they need to develop in their palate to get laid. They just have tits, that's all they need. There you go, you've got laid. And uh, he, he actually looked at me and he said, you've just blown my mind. And I went, well, of course I have, you know, because we don't, we don't normally consider this. There you go. Men have a sense of humour to get laid. So on Tinder... Your sense of humour, your confidence, your game, all of that is removed. And all women can go by now is your physical attractiveness. And once again, 80% of women only find 20% of men attractive. And women vastly overrate themselves on that scale as to what they, what they deserve. So back to our, uh, our, our female here. Um, she wants to find an attractive guy. Let's let's go on with her little uh, with her little uh, letter. When I tell my gay friends about this, they talk about how easy it is to find what they want on Grinder and the like, and I'm honestly jealous. Yes, well, um, gay men, of course, are, are individuals who literally sleep with anyone uh, of their own sex, uh, and they have they have no morals. The the woman, the woman, the woman wants to have, on the one hand, she wants to have sex that's intimate with a one-on-one -on -one connection, but on the other hand, she's talking to gay men who pick up guys on Grindr. Um, so I don't know how you can be jealous of that. You should, you should actually, you should be empathetic and sad for them, is what you should be feeling. Tinder, reading on, Tinder and similar apps for straight people are full of creeps who have no game. Let me repeat that. Tinder and similar apps for straight people are full of creeps who have no game. 
Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? I find it interesting for a variety of reasons. I find it most interesting because in general, when we talk about game, when women are exposed to this, they hate it superficially. They'll say it's, 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 it uh, demeans women, it trivializes women, it, uh, it, 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 the whole lot. But here we have a, a woman in her early 30s who's openly admitting it, that she wants men with game. And Tinder uh, and other apps for straight people are, quote unquote, full of creeps who have no game. I just find that amazing. Just so, so revealing about how important game is. Women want game. She doesn't just want an attractive man that she finds at a bar in town that are good for this sort of thing. Okay, she wants an attractive guy with game. And she's in her early 30s. Sounds like she's that wall is coming up fast if it hasn't already smashed into it to begin with. And women are extremely full of self-delusion about when they've hit the wall. So it's it's a well-known fact that once women get to their to their to their mid to late 30s that they get very picky about who they'll sleep with even though at that point in time they should be doing the opposite. Yeah. When women are not picky about who they'll sleep with is when they're 23 and top of their sexual market value. Uh, and that's technically when they should be picky about who they sleep with. Because obviously this woman is just damaged goods. She reminds me of that great meme where you've got the recycling bins and one's for paper and it's got a very small slither opening and one's for you know plastic bottles so it's got a gaping, you know, hole and the and the and the meme under the first meme under the under the thin paper one is you know uh finding myself <laughs> and under the big gaping hole is ready ready to settle down this chick's not ready to settle down she just continues to want to you know up that notch count you know she wants to hit that thousand cock stare as best she can um but she tinder let's read it again tinder and similar apps for straight people are full of creeps who have no game and we'll go on because that's not that's not the end of the sentence. And I'm afraid if I'm upfront about what I want, I'll attract even more of that type. Well, of course you will, darling, because you want meaningless sex. You want to pump and dump. You just want to fill that gaping hole that you feel inside your womb. And you you feel that gaping hole inside your womb is because you're in your thirties and all you've done with your life is work and pump and dump. And that's what. That's not what. Uh, that's why women are unhappy. Chateau Hattais said another great one. He's, he's, he's always on a roll. And just he really is. Honestly, he's the first. Um, he's the first thing I open in the morning off my blog roll after I've checked. After I check my own stats and what's gone on the night before. I'd go to Roycey. It's the first one I'd go to. Um, let's have a look. What did he say today? today? Uh, a reader passes along this bombshell uh, study, uh, which I missed. Uh, Roycey, you've got to check out this recent study. High school age girls who are around high-achieving high guys are less likely to go to college and more likely to have kids. And the effect is even stronger 
for girls who go to good schools and have a college-educated parent. Of course, article is positioned or has positioned or positions this as a negative instead of it saying that even young women want to have kids with top men. Um, and from the actual paper itself, the part that he's bolded is this. We find that greater exposure to, quote, high-achieving, unquote, boys as proxied by their parents' education decreases the likelihood that girls go on to complete a bachelor's degree, substituting the latter with junior college degrees. It also affects negatively their math and science grades and in the long term decreases labour force participation and increases fertility, key phrase. So gain can literally make white women fertility great again, is what, is, what, is what he writes. And to finish off, chicks dig powerful men, men dig beautiful women, and the rest is feminist poppy talk. So if we go to back to our, uh, our, our woman here, uh, she wants to fill a void within her because um, she didn't get married and have kids early on. She believed the feminist rubbish and went out and uh, and uh, you know had a good time and she found herself and she went and went to college and she got a career I mean this isn't said in this in this article but uh, it's I well I don't know how much money you'd put on it I'd put a thousand bucks on it as, that she's gone to college and she, she works a thousand bucks on it absolutely she does that absolutely she probably live in uh, in either you know New York Washington Chicago LA San Francisco, Boston, one of those cities. That's where she lives. Um, I know that she's American because she's writing into Slate. So, you know, it's, it's really obvious. Uh, she finishes off her, uh, her uh, letter with, What's a straight girl who just wants good unattached sex to do? Tinder's no grinder. Which doesn't make sense because she's, she said before that, uh, and Tinder's no grinder is how she put her name, that she likes the intimacy of one-on-one -on -one connections, even if all I want is sex right now. So she, the poor girl is completely, is completely bamboozled. The poor girl is, you know, she's, she's, she needs it, she craves it, she desires it, but she's obviously a lunatic. You know. Any man with, uh, the, the longest that a man can stand to be with her is a year, no matter how good the sex is, and I have no doubt that she'd be really good at sex. Um, I've met girls in the past, and in, in the let's say the pickup process, they've boasted to me of how good they are in bed. Um, if you get a girl boast to you how good she is in bed, you immediately know two things right there. Number one, she's really good in bed. She's not lying. And number two, she's crazy. That's it. So from that, from that point, you, you proceed as regards to your risk analysis and to, and to what that's told you. Uh, I, I uh, you know, you hear this, the story of the, you know, the, the woman stalker who sent some guy forty thousand text messages over a six month period, or whatever the case may be. It's like the advice to stay away from crowds, you know, especially when you know bad things are going down. If you're in the crowd, if you find yourself in that position, you put yourself there to begin with, and you know, bad things can happen. If you pick up the type of girl who boasts to you of her sexual prowess, you know immediately that she's a complete lunatic. And if she ends up sending you 40,000 text messages over six months, in all honesty, you know, you, you're, you're, you're completely to blame for the, for the, the consequences of your decision. You're, you're completely to, to blame for the horrible situation in which you find yourself.
I have no sympathy. So that's the uh, that's the letter. What about the advice? Ah <laughs> oh dear, ah oh dear. Let's have a look. Dear tenders, no grinder. It's true. Even when both parties are completely uninterested in anything serious or romantic, you can still eventually end up in the bath products aisle together, debating whether your connection means anything and having moments of odd, sticky feelings towards each other. God. In your case, it sounds like at least some of the entanglement is coming from your end. So put reminders in your phone. Make the guys have names like Chris, nothing serious, Johnson, or Joe, this is just sex, Beatty. Whatever will underscore the boundaries you've set and need to respect for yourself. <laughs> How can you seriously write something like that when the woman is looking up, looking for hot pickup sex? In addition to expecting the guy to adhere to. <laughs> Control much? Hopefully that'll make it easy to keep a good casual connection going once you've found an acceptable partner without tipping it, tipping into what you don't want. As far as apps go, I'm wondering if you've specifically tried Bumble. I have participated in precisely zero dating apps, so I can't... Okay, so your Slate's uh, sex advice column person on the internet has not participated in any dating apps. Uh, Slate, I think you've got, for your target demographic, I think you've got the wrong person giving them advice here. For people on the internet writing in for advice about sex on the internet, your advice columnist needs to have done dating apps. Hmm? Seems pretty obvious to me. Uh, I've participated in precisely zero dating apps, so I can't say how the quality of interactions compares exactly. But, ha <laughs> oh my God. but having women as the initiators as a feature might help you cut down on the noise from people you don't find appealing from a cursory profile scan. So the woman's asking for someone with game, and this person's telling them to make sure that she initiates uh, the sex. And that the men that she's looking for are the, the you know the ones that don't initiate sex. Pretty clueless, isn't it? I mean, it's clueless from both sides, but you know. I'm also wondering if it's possible to go back to former flings for another round or two. Oh my god! Having a few partners you see somewhat less frequently might make it easier to prevent the entanglements that can result from too much close proximity. Jesus. Still, unfortunately, you're going to have to get out there and wade through at least some potential creeps. They might all turn out to be mostly benign, but some might not. They're a part of single and sexually actively active life. Meet in public places are likely to have people around. Be careful with the location of your home. And remember, you can always leave if you get uncomfortable or feel a weird vibe, unless he's tied you up. Wow. Talking to strangers on the internet is one thing. Picking them up and going around to their house for sex and expecting that uh, you can always leave if you get uncomfortable or feel a weird vibe. Obviously, they haven't watched Silence of the Lambs. Um, okay. So obviously, that's horrendous advice. Horrendous. And is completely ignoring the real, the real, the real information here, which is her age, what she's after, what she's feeling, 
the 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 complete uh, juxtapositions between those two things. She says she wants something, but then she says she's feeling something else. Um, and uh, the fact that she doesn't want to use dating apps to begin with. What's the girl to do? What advice would I give her? What advice would I give her? I'd want more information. Um, let's say she's from a small town and she's moved to the big smoke. She's in New York. I'd tell her to quit, quit a job and move back to that small town. Start going to church. <laughs> Clean herself up. Stop having sex. And pray to baby Jesus that she finds a man with just enough game who's willing to be able to take on those damaged goods. Which would be a miracle at this point for her. An absolute miracle. Um, but I think it's the only thing she can do. Really. And that, honestly, that, that, that just shows, that just shows how dangerous modern, uh, not just modern feminism, but modern um, advice for women is. Uh, this, this woman is in desperate straits. Yeah. I mean, she literally is damaged goods and, and, and no man with half a brain would go and touch her. She, of course, she's, as I said before, she would have a line of beta providers going around the block. But once again, that ticking time bomb is just, is just divorce waiting down the line. Girls, you, you, don't, you don't want to be in this position. You don't want to be in this position. You want to, you want to, you want to latch onto that alpha male when you're 18 years of age, get married and have children. That's what you want to do. It's the only way you're going to be happy. Yeah, the thing that, uh, and how is it possible that, that women have managed to convince themselves that doing that will make them unhappy, but getting up, doing a commute five days a week, working a shitty job for the rest of your life, um, will make you happy. Let alone attract men, because it doesn't attract men. Men are attracted to tits, to youth and beauty. That's it. They're not attracted to a career. They're not attracted to your degree. Um, myself, um, going forward in my own personal circumstances, as regards to my criteria for women, if if I meet a woman that I like and she has a degree and she's still got debt, I I won't from that degree I I won't take it on. I'm not taking it on. Um, your, your, your degree is a serious handica handicap to you as a female getting any, um, anywhere in life on a romantic basis. Your degree is a serious handicap. Uh, and I'm just talking about the financial aspect. I'm not even going through how you've been brainwashed at, at college or university to get that degree, at the things that you've sat and listened to and what has filled your, what poison has filled your head for four years. Um, I love how on the advice... Um, when she says whatever will un um, so this is the advice again so put reminders in your phone make the guys have names like Chris nothing Johnson or blah 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 whatever will underscore the boundaries you've set and need to respect for yourself in, in addition to expecting the guy to adhere to So what the advice is saying to this woman is that she needs to be in control of the situation, which is 
clueless. I wonder if it's a man who's given her this advice. Doesn't say. Um, look, women don't want to be in control. They want to feel safe. That's what women want. Women want to feel safe. Safe in the arms of the man that's protecting them and providing for them. That's what women want. They want to feel safe. They want to feel like they're protected from the outside world and that their family unit that they in turn create will be protected. Being in control and having power is the opposite of that. You can either be in control or you can feel safe. It's one of those two. You can't have both. Because by default, if you're in control, you're the one who's making the other person safe. And that's why women hate beta providers. Because the, the shit test is just about the, the females trying to find eventually the spine in the man who's going to stand up, take control, take the power, and make the woman feel safe. That's what it's all about. And here we've got this advice columnist telling this poor woman that she needs to be in control of the situation and put rules down that the guy, you would expect the guy to adhere to. So once again, they want the woman to be in control. It's what they think that they want. They think it's going to work that way. It doesn't work that way. I'll repeat it again, girls. You can either be in control or you can feel safe. But you can't have both. And for the men out there, they want to feel safe in your arms. They want to feel that you've got their back. They want to feel like you've got their, the answers when you don't have the answers. That's when it most counts. It's pretty easy to have the answers when you've got the answers. It's pretty challenging to look like you've got the answers when you're absolutely uh, in the shit and the ground's fallen underneath, away from underneath your feet. As has happened to me recently. Hey, it's not easy. It's not easy at all. And uh, we all have to try and stand up to that because that's what women want. They want to feel safe. What women want? What do they want? What does this girl want? What does this poor girl who signed herself off as Tinder's no grinder actually want in life? Does she want to have, does she really have a high sex drive? No, she doesn't have a high sex drive. The high sex drive is just a symptom of the underlying problem. The underlying problem is that she wants to feel safe. That's what she desperately craves and desires. She wants to be taken care of. Like her daddy took care of her. This is why girls with daddy issues are a big problem. Because they never feel safe. And, and their requirements for feeling safe are so much uh, higher and out of control. A girl who's got a great relationship with her father that comes from a stable family, whose father protected them when they grew up, that's the kind of girl you want. Yeah, and, she'll, and she wants you to make her feel safe. So for God's sake, men, take the power. Make the decisions. Okay. You can listen to her point of view, but ultimately you make the decision and she has to stick with that and she has to trust you and be loyal. And she will because you will make her feel safe. That's the key. That's what this girl in this, in this uh, uh, no strings attached sex apps is actually craving. Let's, let's, let's read her letter again. It's not very long. But let's, let's read that letter again now with the knowledge that what she actually wants deep down inside her, is for a man to make her feel safe and to provide for her. That's what she wants. I'm a single woman in her early 30s. I'm attractive and have never had issues attracting a partner. But after a series of disappointing relationships, each around a year, I'm just not in a mood to engage emotionally with men right now. The thing is, I have a high sex drive 
and I can't fully satisfy myself on my own, though believe me, I try. The cliche is that this should be an easy problem to fix. Plenty of men want to have sex with a woman with no strings, right? Here are my limitations. In the past, when I've had hookup buddies, I like them, but it's never really is just sex. We inevitably get to know each other better, and then I end up getting entangled with him, whether I want to or not. I also am not really into sex parties or the poly scene, for better or worse. I like the intimacy of one-on-one -on -one connections, even if all I want is sex right now. So I'm not really sure how to proceed. I've identified a few bars in my town that are good for this sort of thing, but that is hit or miss for finding an attractive guy. When I tell my gay friends about this, they talk about how easy it is to find what they want on Grindr and the like, and I'm honestly jealous. Tinder and similar apps for straight people are full of creeps who have no game, and I'm afraid if I'm upfront about what I want, I'll attract even more of that type. What's a straight girl who just wants good, unattached sex to do? Tinder's no Grindr. It's tragic, isn't it? When you read it now with that knowledge about what she really, really desperately craves and what she really actually needs. That she needs to feel safe. That's what women want. They definitely don't want us to read their mind. Okay? If you're trying to read a woman's mind and you care about what she thinks, that means that she has the power. That means that she's in control. And that means that she's not feeling safe. And that means that she's unhappy and so she'll start shit-testing you. That's the fact. That's how it works. That What Women, Women Want movie with, with Mel Gibson. Yeah. I'll say it again. Women don't want you to read their minds. If you're trying to read their minds, you're giving them power. If you're giving them power, they're in control. If they're in control, that means they're the one making you safe. Ah. So you have to do the opposite of that. Why does the supremely over-self-confident trick work, even if you look like Danny DeVito and you're not famous? It works because you are going in trumpets blaring and saying to that woman, I'll make you feel safe. That's what you're doing. That's why it works. The supreme self-confident trick works. And it also works if you're, not, if, you're, if you're faking it till you make it because we can't have all the answers as a man in our relationship with a woman with what the world will throw at us. But if you're able to reassure her that you do have the answers even when you don't, then she'll trust you and she'll follow you and she'll be loyal and you'll be okay. Which is why the over-self-confidence thing works. They want to believe that you'll make them feel safe. They want to believe it. There you go. So, do with is what you will. This podcast is brought to you by Aaron Clary at captaincapitalism.com. Check out Aaron Clary. Uh, he's a big supporter of me. He's a great guy. He uh, does lots of uh, videos with Arsol Consulting. <clears throat> he's got lots of books. He's working on a new book now, he told me. I hope it's going well for him. Uh, my uh, books that I'm working on at the moment are not going well for me, but I feel like I'm pulling through and I'm getting to where I need to go so I can start working on those again. Um, this podcast, Pushing Rubber Podcast, if you liked it, please subscribe and share it around. Um, and uh, you can subscribe to my blog. blog. We're over 400 subscribers now on the blog. We cracked the 400 in the last couple of weeks. Thanks for that, guys. Um, and um, buy my books, Pushing Rubber Downhill. 
a journey to manhood via whitewater adventures and run guts pull cones a rafting adventure in the italian alp um this has been a fun fun podcast uh, i hope you guys got something out of it and uh next time i'll be talking to you from the us of a uh, until then don't you go changing be good ciao